Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today I want to share with you a small story from the Gospel that we all know and take some things from it, some points from it. I really, really love the story. It's so short, only a few verses, yet there's so much that we can take from it every time we read it. So it says in Mark 12, Now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money in the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, like two cents which make a quadrants. So he called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. So obviously we know this woman of the two mites. But the mind wonders, how can you do this? Really, like... It's already a miracle, it's a miracle that this woman is not complaining. Like, think about this. You have absolutely nothing, right? And you see all those people giving so much money. You're, you're in the temple, right? People are super rich, putting so much money in the treasury, and you hear the coins falling. So many reflexes should have had, she could have had. She could have been very jealous, very annoyed, Right? She could have asked God why. She could have went through self-pity. So many things could have went through her mind. But none of this happened. And that in itself is mind-boggling. It's a miracle. And then this woman goes in, you know, and I consider, like I put myself in her shoes and I'd be like, personally, I'd be like, well, I mean, so much is being given already. And you know, if someone has an excuse not to give, that's me, I have nothing. She has two cents in her pockets. And then she gives them both. And that, to, to give half. Give half of them. It's, you, you have the capability to take one out and give it. And keep the other. The beggar around the corner has more money than you. The beggar that is begging is getting money from people, at this point has more money than you. How is it that you can give this much? And that's why Christ looks, and although money-wise it's little, in his eyes it's beyond. This woman understood something that I want to discuss with you, with you today very quickly. The difference between an icon and an idol. So you know the idols of the Old Testament? There's a bunch of weird stuff happening in the Old Testament. Everything has a reason, obviously. But one of the weird things that we see in the Old Testament is that Christ says in the second commandment, do not do idols. Next thing, next thing he does, he, he tells the Jews to build cherubim, right? Two angels, two statues on top of the Ark of the Covenant. In the temple itself, under the brazen like, laver, there was like bulls there. He even gave the Holy Spirit for people 
to do some manual work for the tabernacle, right? And later for the temple. So what, what is God doing? He says, I do not want idols, yet he gives the Holy Spirit for them to do idols? No. He gives the Holy Spirit for them to do icons. What's the difference between an idol and an icon? And this woman understood it very well. Let's say I have a nice jacket. I just bought this jacket. I'm in love with it. You know, it's brand new. Very stylish. Everybody's complimenting me on it. I'm walking down the street. I see this poor man who is cold. And he looks at my jacket. You know, and you can see it in his eyes that, you know, he wants it. This jacket has the potential to become an idol when I say, no, it's mine. I'm not going to give it. Right? My hand is grasping on that thing and I can't let it go. But another possibility is I remove the jacket and I give it to the old man or the homeless man. Now this jacket becomes what? An icon. What's an icon? An icon is something that points to God. So we look at the icons here of St. Mary, of Christ, the saints, whomever. The icon is a window that is leading to heaven. So through St. Mark, I look at St. Mark here, I'm like, man, and I can pray to him, pray to him in the sense that I discuss with him. I'm like, you know, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be a Christian today. If it wasn't for you going to Egypt, preaching and being martyred, I wouldn't be a Christian today. You are an icon of Christ. Me giving that jacket, the jacket becomes an icon of Christ in itself. It's something that is leading someone to God. Time itself could be an idol or could be an icon. I use my time to do whatever it is that I want. My parents ask me to do stuff. I don't want to do this stuff. I want to, or people ask me to serve at church to help in whatever, whatever it is. My friends are asking me to help with their homework. No, my time is mine. It has become an idol or I'm giving it. I'm helping, right? It's becoming an icon. Obviously, money is the same thing. Sports could be the same thing. I could be very good at one sport and people look at me and praise me and then the sports become an idol. Or I can use the skills God gave me to minister his people, to minister the youth in humility, with proper behavior during the game, being a good winner, being a good loser, and all of a sudden, that sport was transformed now to become an icon. But most importantly, and this is what this woman understood, if this woman considered this money as an idol, forgive it, forget it. She'd be begging, asking for more money. She had never been able to give to God, right? Because they're giving to the treasury for the temple. But she understood, and she herself, so instead of the coin becoming an idol, she herself became an icon. She's in scripture, we talk about her, we praise her, we wonder at her spiritual beauty, how can you do this? She became an icon, right? I myself, 
and this is the most dangerous one, I myself can become an icon for Christ, that lead people to Christ, or I can become an idol, right? There's one of those sayings, actually, it was, it was written for the priesthood. Like, early on in the priesthood, I was reading this book, and I had a bunch of stories about the priesthood, like, you know, life lessons type of things. And there was this one story where, like, a priest was giving a talk type of thing, and he was in, like, a, like a class setting, and a kid was there with his mother in the background, in, in the back of the class, right? And there was a picture of Christ on the wall. But the priest standing, the priest standing was hiding the picture for the kid. So the kid said out loud, Mama, who is this man hiding Christ? And I'll never forget this. Who is this man hiding Christ? So who am I to hide Christ? That's the idea, right? So a priest, a servant, a parent, a friend, regardless, whomever. We can be icons where we become transparent to Christ and people see Christ through us. Or we can become the idols. We become the purpose in itself. I'm going to Sunday school. It's about me. I've prepared that lesson. I want to give it. Whatever it is. Right? I'm preparing something. It's a project at work, at school. We're colleagues. I want to be the big shot. I want to lead. No, no, no. You're being transformed into an idol. But this woman has taught us the beauty of being an icon. And this is what Christianity, Orthodox Christianity is about. Becoming icons of Christ. When we talk about being in his image and his likeness, walking in this world, enlightening the world, what does that mean? Becoming icons of Christ. This is our purpose. And this is our calling. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.